Yevamos, Perak Tesvav, Mishnah Yud, 15.10, the last of the Perak, and one more case like this. Here you have a situation in which you have a man who has no children and no brothers who goes with his wife overseas, which means that her chazaka is that she's not a candidate for Yivam. Why? Because although her husband has no offspring, he also has no brother, so there's no Yavam in, in the equation. So if Nasan li Yavam b'medina sayam, she comes back from being overseas, and she reports that when she went traveling with her husband and her in-laws, her mother-in-law had a child, a boy, and that would be her brother-in-law, and he would be the Yavam, and therefore she becomes a Yibam candidate according to her testimony. However, she says, the good news is, ba'ali, my husband died, which made me fall to Yibam, this little guy, but he ended up dying also. So therefore, there's no possibility of Yibam because my brother-in-law is also dead. Or even if she said, Yivami, my brother-in-law died first, so he was out of the equation, and after that, her husband died, leaving her again as a widow without any brother-in-law to Yibam, so she would be exempt from Yibam. So, Ne'emenes, she's believed for the exact same rationale later. Previously, when she left, as far as we knew, she had no brother-in-law, she wasn't a Yibam candidate. When she comes back, she says she's not subject to Yibam, so we believe her. She can marry whoever she wants. However, in a case where you have a man who has no children, but he did have a brother, so that means when he and his wife go overseas, her chazaka is that she is the Yibam candidate and can't marry anybody else until she does Yibam with this fellow. So, She, the woman, <clears throat> and her husband, and the brother-in-law, all go traveling overseas. Va'amra, and when she comes back, she says, Meis bali va'achach meis yivami, or yivami va'achach bali. She comes back and says, both my husband and my brother-in-law are both dead. And therefore, I'm not subject to yibum. I'm free to marry whomever I want, and I want to marry, you know, my next-door neighbor. Eina ne'menes, she's not believed. Why is she not believed? For the exact same rationale as the previous two Mishnayas, she's coming to change her chazaka. She had a chazaka that she was someone who had to do yibum before marrying the next-door neighbor, and she hasn't done it yet. Her testimony that the brother-in-law is dead is rejected. It's not believed. So she's essentially stuck. She becomes an aguna. If it's really true what she's saying, her brother-in-law is dead, she'll never be able to resolve this issue until some third party comes and testifies about his death. Um, and that being the case, she, she's, she's stuck. Now, you'll ask, wait a second. The whole reason why we had this extraordinary halacha, that we allow a woman to testify regarding her husband, is to avoid the aguna case. And we say, listen, we don't want agunas. Therefore, we'll, we'll really stretch things out and we'll believe her based on these, the principle that ultimately people don't lie because the truth will come out. That should be applicable over here too. We should say, listen, we don't want agunas. This woman now is stuck. She's an, she's an aguna because her brother-in-law is dead. So she has no recourse to him. So now she's totally stuck and she's testifying he died. We should believe her for the same rationale. So why don't we? So the answer is, according to most Mepharshim, that we're concerned here that she just doesn't like her brother-in-law, doesn't want to be married to her brother-in-law. It's not so hard to understand. I mean, not everyone wants to be married to their brother-in-law. She knows she's falling to Medivim, and therefore she's trying to get away from that by testifying he's dead and then being able to marry somebody else. Now, 
And that would be really analogous kind of to the case where we said under certain extenuating circumstances, we have reasons not to believe the woman. We won't accept her testimony regarding her husband either. Like you recall from the beginning of the chapter, we said a woman who has a katata, she has a known fight to us. She's already been into the basin doing all sorts of uh, shenanigans, trying to get away from her husband. So we don't trust her when she testifies her husband's dead because she has clearly an agenda not to be married to him. So we consider this analogous to that case where she very possibly has an agenda not to get married to her brother-in-law, and therefore she's testifying he's dead when really he's alive. That's how most learn. The Ramam actually learns a little differently. The Ramam, the Yad, says that there's a big difference between a woman who's an Aishas Ish, she's already married, um, lying that her husband's dead and marrying somebody else, because that's good old-fashioned adultery, which carries with it the penalty of karas. It's, you know, from the more severe prohibitions in the Torah. Whereas for a woman who simply has a zika to her brother-in-law for yibum and marrying someone else, that's just a generic love. It's much less severe. And therefore she might um, be more a heter. She might like convince herself that it's actually um, not so bad and therefore lie about her brother-in-law's death so she can marry somebody else. Whatever the case is, the din is clear that we do not trust her with respect to her brother-in-law's death, only to her husband's death. So therefore in such a scenario, this poor woman is stuck um, as an aguna until we get some third-party verification that indeed her brother-in-law is no more. Now the Mishnah sums it up by saying, Because a woman is not believed to testify on her own behalf that her brother-in-law died, to allow her to remarry. No, we don't accept that, as I just explained. And also, She also isn't believed, this is totally unrelated, if a woman says, My sister died, and that would therefore mean that she now is permitted, she would be permitted if her sister really died, to marry her sister's husband. Because remember, a husband can't marry two women that are sisters in their lifetimes, but if one sister dies, then he may marry the other sister. So if she's testifying that the that the sister died, no way, she can't marry on that for any reason. She should become his wife, that's not believed, um, for any number of reasons. The Ein Ha'ish, and similarly a man is not believed to say that his brother died. Now, to permit him to essentially marry his allegedly dead brother's wife. Now, this is a little more complicated. Um, remember, we said back in Mishnah Dalid that Hakol, everybody is believed, um, even as a single witness, to say that a woman's husband died to relieve her from being a uh, an aguna. And Hakol, everybody should include this guy as well, the, the brother-in-law. But the reason why it's not the case exactly is because he clearly, or if he clearly has an agenda that he intends to marry her, then of course he has such a vest interest, maybe just wants to sleep with the sister-in-law, um, that we are suspicious and therefore don't accept his testimony. But even there, it's very limited. It's limited to the case of him then being able to marry her. But let's say hypothetically, the woman, her husband, like the the dead man in question, the husband slash brother, um, had children already. And this testimony would simply just free this woman to marry to the shuk, anybody she wants. Then indeed, her brother-in-law, the would-be Yavam, is believed. And similarly, if he had other brothers, he has an older brother, and that older brother would be the, the Yavam. So then the younger brother would be believed to say that he died, causing the now widow to fall to a different person, not the aide, not the, the witness, but to another older brother. Then he would be believed as well. 
So the limitation of this Mishnah is specifically to where we see he has intent to marry her. And finally, A man is not believed to say his wife died, and based on that testimony, therefore marry her sister. Again, for any number of reasons. Um, the whole reason why we were lenient with a single witness was because of the Aguna situation. There's no Aguna situation for this man. He can marry her once anyways, other than this one woman. And clearly he's got an agenda to marry her sister anyways. And therefore, no, 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 for any number of reasons, we're not accepting his testimony um, to permit the woman, the sister, to marry him, um, which would contravene uh, an Israel Rice if the current the other sister, the wife, is still alive. And with that, we finish the 15th chapter of Mesechus Yivamos, and we begin the 16th next, 16th and final chapter of Yivamos, um, also talking about testimony regarding the deaths of people and Yibam.